Many of you know me, but my name is TJ Parisi, for those of you who don't know, and I uh, help to lead our, our campus ministry along with that beautiful woman who shared during communion, Carrie. Gordon, you're beautiful too, just, you know, different. <laughs> and as, as they introduce, our, our campus Sunday is about hope in a hopeless place. And so when I think about campus students, I think campus students are already, to some extent, full of hope. They're hopeful that they will get a scholarship when they apply to college. You are hopeful that after college your debt will go away quickly. Hopeful that your degree will get you a great job. And we know that that's not always the case. You know, for many people, like myself, you end up getting a job in something completely different than you studied. And thankfully, some of the, the skills transfer over. And so we've got, two, we've got two points that we wanted to talk to you guys about today. And uh, the first part, I'm, I, I feel like in some ways, I'm just kind of introductory. And what we're going to be talking about is our first point is, in a hopeless place. And then the second point is, we found love. And so on the second point, I'm going to introduce some of our campus students that are going to come up and they're going to share about how they found love in God. How God has helped them to find something they couldn't otherwise. But if you could, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll read verses 11 to 22 and talk a little bit about finding hope. Finding hope. Now, Ephesians 2, verse 11, it says, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcised, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who, were once, who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in His flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in Himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which He put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through Him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. 
In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. And so we see here in Ephesians that Paul is speaking to a group of people that could not be more different. And i got to tell you, through the different campuses that we step on, the cultures there are so different. I mean, you, you walk on WCC, you just get a little bit of everything. There are people from all different countries, all different nationalities that are there studying, trying to better themselves and to grow in an education. You step on a purchase campus, you will find some of the absolutely most creative people that you have ever met. They are so out of the box in their thinking. They love pushing boundaries. They like being just sometimes just different for the sake of being different. They like rebelling. You know, it could, they, they like being seen as unique. You step onto Pace campus and you see some very, very just, just very intelligent, scholarly people. A lot of a lot of the people that I feel like I've encountered there, and that some of the others are, are just they, they love they love sports as well. Very athletic. And so how in the world are people of different campuses, people of different races, nationalities, how are they all supposed to come together as one? You know, it says it in verse 12, it says, at one point, we were all without hope. There was nothing that we could do to reconcile the differences that are between us. The differences between the people that are even in this room. And if you think about it, well, ultimately, you know, we can look. We can, we can focus on all the things that separate us. But there's one thing that draws us together. And that's Christ. And I think what's, what, what's most shocking to me is I remember one night I was out at, at dinner. And uh, we were out at... Uh, at a, at a, Carrie and I were out at a, a sushi place, and I, I love sushi. It's wonderful, it's delicious. And uh, so we sit down, and our waiter comes over, and we look, and we look at the wait, you know, we look at the waiter. We can see he's like super tired, he's super worn down, and uh, you, you can tell he's just been working multiple shifts, you know, back to back to back. And then we look, and we see he's got this this tattoo on his arm, and it's it's a scripture. We're like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. We've got to ask him about that. And so we start talking and we ask him about, you know, just what, why he got the tattoo, what, what's the, you know, what it means to him, what significance, and ask him if he has a church that he goes to. And he says, you know, I, I have it more as if it's a reminder for me that, that I know that there's somebody that I can always turn to. But, you know, at the same time, I, I feel like church... I've, I've kind of been there, I've done that. You, you don't want me to come and visit your church. And I think a lot of times what we end up seeing is that church becomes for church people. If you've grown up going to church, then you feel comfortable there. You get it. You understand what's going on. You know when to stand, when to sit. You know, oh wow, in our church, it's a fellowship break. You know what the word fellowship means. You know, things that we may take for granted. 
But what the Scripture is talking about is that church is not just for church people. A relationship with Christ is is not just for church-going people. A relationship with Christ is for anybody and everyone. No matter how weird you may look, no matter whether or not you feel like at one point you were close to God and now you're far away, or you've been far away from the start, whether you grew up atheist, whether you even now are wrestling with the idea of, of there even being a God. Christ is for you. Now maybe that's, maybe that's our fault in some respect. Maybe we as, as those who have already made a commitment to Christ have, have not done a good job in presenting you know, the, the versatility of Christ, the versatility of who God is. You know, we, we can act a certain way, we can be a certain way. Maybe we've lost some of our relatability. If that's you, I, I hope that you think about the people that you interact with and the people that you can interact with. You know, I, I was so humbled yesterday by the love of our, of our campus students as the, the, the Bronx ministry and our, and our campus, we, we paired up and we decided, we've done this a few times, but we decided, hey, we're going to go, we're going to put together a bunch of, of just, just bag lunches with some toothbrushes, things like that. We're going to go into Manhattan and we're just going to interact with, with the homeless there. We're going to give them, we're going to give them something to eat. And we're just, we're going to give them our love. We're going to show them some company. I think through that interaction, what I realized is that here are these people that we may look at from the outside and, and think, wow, things are, are, are terrible. Things are falling apart. I don't know what my life would be like if, if I were, were homeless. But that's not the majority of what we found. You know, there was, there was one guy that we interacted with. He just, he just said to call him Mr. Anderson. I immediately thought of the Matrix. But we're sitting there talking to him, and he's like, you know what? I just want to thank you. And this, this really encouraged me. First off, we didn't say this, but he automatically knew that we were Christians. Isn't that powerful? People know. People know. And then as we're out there doing this, he's like, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't take this from you without giving something back. And so he said, you know what? Let, let me just sing a few songs for you. And so we're sitting there, and we're singing, and we're snapping along, and, you know, he's singing, and, and so it's like, at one point, it's just like Ferdinand, Cat and I, and this guy from the Bronx, CJ, and, you know, he just starts singing, My Girl, and just going with it, and all these different, and, and you're just looking, you're like, wow! There's just some, there's something special when we see how God protects, and how God cares for all people. No matter what your situation is, no matter where you've been, Christ is for everyone. You know, when I, when I think about this, and I think about what He's done, I mean, without Christ, we are, we are hopeless. Our life is meaningless. Literally, utterly meaningless. Why? Why do I, why do I say that? Because... Okay, let's say you get a great job when you graduate college. Let's say you get all A's. Great, that'll preserve you for a little while. But what then? What after that? Yeah, you can, 
you can maybe say, oh, I'm going to get rich and then I'm going to pass it on, my, my wealth on to the next generation. Great, you'll be dead, they'll enjoy it, and then eventually they'll be dead. And then what? Then what will happen? You can save the environment, which is a noble cause, but ultimately, we as people, we're not going to be here forever. I mean, you look at, and I love some of these, some of these videos that, that some of the, the Discovery Channel, National Geographic puts together, and they say that, you know, one of them is, is if people just disappeared off the face of the earth right now, what would happen in the next week? What would happen in the next year? What would happen in the next 500 years? And ultimately what you see is that given enough time, it's as if we as humans were never here. And so if you want to make your life count, if you want to make a difference, not just in this life, but in eternity, that's why I'm saying, without Christ, without God, without an eternity, our lives are ultimately meaningless. And that is hopeless. That is depressing. If we don't have something to look forward to, we don't function well as people. We look for, we, we, even on a weekly basis, we function by thinking and having hope for the weekend. For the time off. We don't function without hope. And we have no hope without Christ. He's the only one that can give it to us. Now that's why it says here, he's talking about the chief cornerstone. In verse 20. Well, what is the chief cornerstone? Basically, he's saying, look, you could have your whole life together. Everything could be in place the way that you want it to be. But without Christ, you have nothing. And everything will fall apart. You could have the great job. You could have great vacation time. You could have perfect grades. But it won't matter because the main thing that's missing won't be there. You know, you think about in the, in the Old Testament, King Solomon, he, he, he tested that. He's like, okay, well, I'm just, let me, let me see. I'm, I'm going to delve into knowledge. Maybe learning is the purpose of life. He finds out it's meaningless. Maybe just having relationships. That's it. Nope. Meaningless. At the end of the day. And so what's incredible is that that missing piece of our life, the hope that we can find is Christ. And so I, I'm going to invite some of our, our campus students up to share, but I want, you to, I want you to think about this. Really think about this question. How's your cornerstone? Now what do I mean by that? I mean, what are you trying to center your life around? Because if it's not Jesus, ultimately it's not going to matter. And you'll know what you're centering your life around, you know, other people will even be able to see it just by how you spend your time. Just even by the way that you talk. You can tell when someone's passionate about something, right? Through what they do and through what they say and how they say it. You can tell when something's near and dear to their heart. You can tell when someone is saying, I'm going to hold to something regardless of what anyone else around me is doing, you'll know 
what the cornerstone of your life is. And I promise you that if the cornerstone is in place, if you just have enough faith to put the cornerstone in its place, you'll see and you will find hope and you will find love just as our campus students are about to come and share. So I'm going to invite Ferdinand. He's going to come up first. And uh, he's going to share about finding love, how we found love. Come on up, Ferdinand. Um, thank you for thank you for that message, uh, TJ. That was uh, that was really nice. That was really really awesome. Um, when it talks about finding love, um, to me, I just think of how patient God is, especially with me, because like <laughs> uh, it takes time <laughs> with me, <laughs> you know. But um, when I think of God's uh, when I think of God's patience, I think of how patient He was, you know, with me since I was a kid, and if, even how He is still now. You know, how um, how he's patient with me in my faith. How there are situations where my faith just lacks, you know. Especially like school when uh, the work becomes too too much for me. Or in leadership when I just want to chill at the back <laughs> and follow the leader. Um, I think of him just waiting and being patient. I mean, he clearly tells me what to do. I see it in his word. Um, I hear it in the mouths of brothers and sisters and then I see it in the situation that he's putting me in you know and um, when I refuse to obey he's still patient um, that is just I can't do that um, it's so awesome because um, when, I, when, I, when, when I talk to God it's just one of the things I always ask myself is you know how does he deal with me or how does he deal with people um, how does he see the thoughts of every single person on the face of this planet, seven billion people, and love them individually? And that's insane to me. Um, but what's amazing to me is when the troubles come in my life or the challenges, and I'm like, God, you're so great, you're so awesome, yes. But the situation is just so big. Um, and then he proves himself God again. He does it way beyond my expectation. I'm like, dang God, <laughs> you know, help me repent of my faith and you know situations where my faith lacks. And it's just so awesome because um, when my faith begins to lack, it's like His faith becomes stronger, um, and that you know is is the quality of love I see in God. Is how patient He is with me and how patient He is with all of us. Um, and uh, that's it. Thank you. Hi. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Karis, and I'm a soft—not sophomore. I'm a junior at um, SUNY Purchase. And so um, this topic is very important to me. I've actually spoke about God's love and all that. It's like one of my favorite things to talk about um, in general. I talked about it. Um, two falls ago at our campus Sunday and how that was a big factor in me deciding to become a disciple. Um, him, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, how God showing love during a really dark time for me in ways that I had never expected to see it really just, it changed my whole outlook on love itself. And so um, 
thinking about that. I really want to share that with people um, who I study the Bible with, with my fellow sisters. And it's just something that, yeah, I'm very passionate about. And when I think about it, um, there are definitely times or times in my past where I wish I would have been able to share that. Um, one person in particular that I'm thinking about that I really wish I could have shared that with um, was my friend, oh gosh, um, my friend um, Natalie, who um, in high school, three days after our graduation, she passed away. Um, and so she's someone who's really passionate about God and um, if I was a disciple at that time, I definitely would have wanted to share that with her. And the reason why I'm talking about her is that because I was not a disciple at that time, I didn't know about um, that kind of love. I was very frustrated with God. I was angry at how um, I didn't understand why he would take away an 18-year-old, someone who was um, really bright and successful, and I had a lot of hate in my heart because of that. Um, but um, I was able to learn to love more and um, repent of that hate um, when becoming a disciple. Um, but the same uh, theme kind of came over um, the summer. Um, um, my over the summer, um, my grandfather passed away, which suddenly, and um, I remember my heart going, wanting to go to the same place where I didn't understand why someone um, was taken away so suddenly. But um, I feel very fortunate that I did have you guys and I have um, God of course and he's so good in that he showed um, so many he showed love in so many ways one of them which is my, one of my favorite to talk about is that he um, he sends little angels um, in the form of old grandpas <laughs> yeah and they it's always on, it was before, during, and even after, um, where they just come up to me and they just ask me how I'm doing. And they just, no matter how bad the day is, they make me want to say, I'm doing well. And they're like, you got this, keep going. And it's something that I'm just so grateful for that. Um, and I keep holding on to that. Because I'm not, um, it'd be a lie if I said I was totally better and happy and whatnot. Because <laughs> it still hurts thinking about those things. But I'm, I just feel very fortunate um, keeping that outlook of God is light. And he shines through the darkness. And so I just want to share one of my favorite scriptures um, that reminds me of that in Psalm 18:28. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. So, thank you.
morning, everyone. Um, my name is Trayalo, and I attend Pace University. Um, when I think about, like, how Jesus has shown love in my life, I think about when, um, think about the time I was in, um, growing up in middle school, where I had, like, an obsession of just wanting to be fame, having a popularity status. And so I felt like I wanted people to accept me, and so I chased after the approval of people, because I felt like that was the road to, like, just happiness. And, um, yeah, so something like that would, um, feel good towards your ego. Yeah, something like that would feel good towards your ego, in which you'd, like, allow yourself to kick back in that feeling, rather than, rather than honestly acknowledging the fact that you have a weakness at stake. And, oh my god. Um, and so I just like grew up with the mindset saying that um, I thought I can inherit both the kingdom of God and have like and like still like have like be like have like all this fame and have like stardom and all this and that. And um, I thought that for like actually ever like for years until I read Galatians 1:10, which said, "Hold this." Which said, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And upon, and like, literally upon reading this, I thought to myself, like, wow. Like, am I really on the right path to being a servant of Christ? Like, is this really what this, like, a servant of the Lord is? Because just because I attend church weekly and read the word here and there isn't going to cut it. But, as I think about it now, you just give the perfect the perfect example here of showing his love, telling me that there's no need to going after popularity. His love opened my eyes and showed me that I don't have to make a name for myself. I have happiness through Jesus Christ. I'm here because God gave me a mission to do, and I'm not done yet. People can throw and say whatever they please at me. That's not going to hinder my task for God because, like Matthew 5.11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So why must I feel insulted by, by the opinions of others? Love doesn't come from fame or followers, but, following, but from following Christ. Choosing God over fame or even anything else, or even anything else, allows us to follow the will of Him freely. So, I mean, as I come to a close, like church, I feel like we all have a mission to do, and until we make it to heaven, if we make it to heaven, we're not done yet. I appreciate the opportunity to take this time and share this with you all. And yeah, thank you. Hi, <laughs> um, my name is Catherine Montero and I go to SUNY Purchase. You might not have seen me before, I'm a freshman, so hello. And um, <laughs> today I've been given the, the opportunity to share with you all how I found love in a hopeless place. I thought of the song, so like, bear with me. But okay. I believe that life without God will be a hopeless place of its own. On a deeper level, I found love in the hopeless place of insecurity. I would look at myself in the mirror, look down on my appearance, and just shake my head. However, God showed me that I am indeed His daughter, fearfully and wonderfully made in His image. In the hopeless place of loneliness, I felt like there was no one who cared about me, especially in the midst of my mom having cancer. And as a result, I began to contemplate 
how much better the world and those around me would be without me. God showed himself and his love for me through his people. An unconditional love that turned my loneliness and broken spirit into fulfillment and my troubled emotions into a deeper love for him and people. Lastly, I honestly believe that if he didn't save me when he did, February 16, 2014, three years, whew, I would either have the hardest time following him or even wanting to make the decision. Therefore, I am simply grateful for the chance to have a relationship with him and to God for simply being God because as a result, I can live a life filled with love rather than a life filled with hopelessness. Thank you. So our theme, there we go. Our theme is we found love. But you know, it's hard to find love if you don't know what you're looking for. And for the longest time, I didn't. Growing up, I thought, you know, there was a huge divide between love and friendship. If someone was your friend, they didn't love you. And if someone loved you, they couldn't be your friend. There was no in-between. Love was just something that I would hopefully share with my spouse one day. But growing up as a teenager, you begin to feel lonely, unloved, and you don't know where to find that love. So believing that I could only find that one day in my spouse, I started looking towards girls. And eventually I felt lost, hopeless, and most of all alone. Sure, I had plenty of friends, but none of them really loved me. Well, it turns out that they did. Because when I began to study the Bible, I learned what love truly is. And I was sort of right. It does only come from one person. But I was wrong about who. Love comes from God. And we just see that through people. We can see that through the way that you care about your friends or your friends care about you, the kindness that you show a person, the willingness to set aside time to help them, and the patience to be by their side even when you feel like they're not by yours. And I saw this in my friends, the way that they set aside time to study the Bible with me even. I didn't see that in my friends from school. I didn't see that in anyone that I knew outside of the church. As soon as they got frustrated with me or I got frustrated with them, they were lost or I was lost to them. But in the church, I grew those bonds. So I urge you, those of you who have not sought after God, do so with your whole heart. This means living for God, doing His will and seeing His love in action keep and keeping in His Word. That's a big one. For me, a lot of the times is I went back to His Word and I read His love that He shared for us. A lot of people go back to the cross and, and see His love there. And I, I see His love through action as well. I, when I went out and I started evangelizing on campuses, I saw His love in the people's eyes as, as they opened up to me and as I, as I opened up to them. As well as I saw His love in the friends that I, I studied with and that I watched get baptized. And then they went out to their campuses and they're going to evangelize with their friends. 
And so, I urge you, just give, it, give God a chance, if you have not already, and you will see the love He has for you. I just want to give a big thank you to uh, to everybody. If we could just give them another round of applause. It is really difficult to get up here and to just pour your heart out like that. And I, I think it's it's true. One one of my favorite things about and why we why we we, we even wanted to have all the uh, you know a bunch of of our campus students come up and share is because you hear the different stories that they have. And you hear how God was unique in the way that he showed love to each of them and how they needed it. I think that's, that's what we're hoping. The, the love in the hopeless place is the love that you won't find without seeking Jesus. Now there may be things like you don't even realize that you may need. There may be something that, that you don't even know that's there until you search for it and find it. And then you'll be glad that you did. And so I just want to, you know, as we close out, that's really what we want to think about. Are you, are you missing the hope in your life? Are you missing the love in your life? Well, chances are you're missing the cornerstone. And so seek Him. Know Him. Be drawn to Him. And let's close out in a word of prayer. Dad, our Father, You are so wonderful. Thank You for, for drawing us to You. Thank You for, for all the unique ways that You show love to us. You, know, you are a God who has created all things. So why do we then assume sometimes that God, that You can't connect with us? That You don't understand us, but You made us. You made everything that makes us. All the things that we like, all the things that we feel like are our identity. You created them. And so we know that, we, that if we go back to the source, that we will find hope, that we will find love. I pray that you, that you embolden our hearts. Let us step out and that we can really by faith seek you. You know, what you promise is faith and hope. You don't promise necessarily an easy life sometimes. We know those of us that have put this into practice, it can be a challenge to hold to our convictions. It can be a challenge to put you in the proper place as the cornerstone of our life. But we know that every time we do and we faithfully hold to you, to you and to your ways, you give us the strength to continue on. And so we're grateful for that. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nycococ.net.